Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. And I gotta win no matter what, like Fourth down, Hail Mary, no punch, like Every time I touch down, I gotta stun Brady Moss, yeah, my number's going up all these trophies, what do I need anymore for? Welcome into the Pat Johnson Show. Ben B. Baby Barnes going in once again for the P-Man as he's away out, or he's out for the whole week. Going alongside me, Phil the Ref Pilkington. Once again, how you doing, my friend? Pretty good, baby. Hey. Just over 24 hours <laughs> for the Panthers make us cry again. Getting closer and closer to the draft. Also joined alongside me, former intern here at 94 through the game. Now he works for the Ops Department for ECU Athletics, Casey Ranieri, former co-host of On the Prowl. On the Prowl, baby. Yeah, we got to bring it back. It's going to come back like John Morant dunking over Malik Beasley last night. Hey, got to bring in the NBA reference. As they show it on our vast monitors we have here. Wham! <laughs> I'm glad he brought it up because I would have never have known. That tells you how much I follow the NBA. But getting right into it, we had a baseball game last night. ECU traveled down to NC State after a game that was plagued with weather delays early. And uh, I hate to say it, pretty much gone how I expected. Um, obviously, I'm not going to come out and say ECU was going to lose yesterday. and uh, But when you look at this lineup for NC State, their batting average, collectively they averaged 299, had some power hitters like Tommy White, among many others. Josh Hood got you a grand slam. Then you look at their uh, their starting rotation and specifically their bullpen. They have three or four guys they can go to in that bullpen that could start. And we saw a few of those guys last night. Uh, Garrett Payne got the start, uh, let out two runs. Um, a few other guys, Chris Villeman, who I brought up, Justin Lawson, another one who's had starting action this year. Um, just uh, plenty of options for them. Baker Nelson credited with the win after tossing two innings in relief. Uh, yeah, I mean – where do you start? Hitting was solid for NC State. Pitching just as good. ECU able to get some hits off them, just unable to score. And uh, that's pretty much all they wrote last night. And Raleigh, and now like we said yesterday, you're just looking ahead to conference play and hoping to make a conference tournament. Well, not make a conference tournament, but win the conference tournament so uh, you can get a bid because it's looking like a one big league. Yeah, especially after that. Scooter did come on before he was actually on air and kind of correct Ben and I on some mistakes we made yesterday. I guess that one, according to Coach O, could have been a big enough RPI booster to potentially make it a two-bid league if we would have won that game yep. and still dropped the conference championship. But Scooter and I did talk and say that we I didn't s- want that to rely on that win still, being enough. But, yeah, I mean, definitely you have to view this as a one-bid league right now. I still think if we would have won that game, you're still going to need a lot of help from elsewhere to make it a two-bid league. I mean, I just don't think a win over NC State would be enough to uh, to uh, win, the, win the favor of a lot of the media pundits out there. Right now, D1 Baseball, after the Tulane series, has this as the first four out, the very first out when it comes to their at-large ladder. I think the last four in are Pittsburgh, Florida, Iowa, and Rutgers. So uh, Tulane sitting in right now. They project them to win the conference championship. Yeah, I, I, I just – at this point, I don't see what can be done to make it a two-bid league or anywhere beyond that. So on the uh, D1, that we switched with Tulane going into it. We were the last team in, and Tulane was where we are in the D1 poll. So they were the first team out. Yep. 
And um, I think going on the last night, I'm not going to talk much about it, you know, um, but um, I thought we were pretty much unlucky, especially in the first inning. You know, yeah. I think most people who watched that, I thought the people who, um, I thought if anyone saw that Josh Moylan hit off the bat last night in the first inning, I think most people watching on TV, including myself, was like, oh, that's a grand slam yeah, off the bat. It's gone. And if that if that's a grand slam, that's 5 nothing before State comes up to bat, and that changes the complete tone of the game, you know. Yeah, I mean, just a game that was plagued with a lot of just a lot of bad luck. Um, a lot of people criticized uh, EC early on for not walking Tommy White, and then you do it later in the game, and uh, ultimately it did not work out well for you. It's just a matter of when you play a team like that, especially the brand of baseball that ECU plays, plays tends to play a smaller brand of baseball. When you have that good of pitching when it comes to NC State and you have power, power hitters all throughout the lineup and guys who can get on base – uh, it tends to be hard for a team that plays the brand of baseball that ECU does to uh, to beat those type of teams, especially ones the caliber of NC State. We saw it earlier this year, Old Dominion's very similar, and uh, they had to be near perfect to even have a chance to win that game and uh, ultimately came up short. I don't think NC State's pitching was that good. We made some hard contact on him. It's just the ball was hit right at players. Look at the Agnos hit last night with second, third, no out. That ball was smoked. That was one of those the ball just found the glove. That Moylan ball was smoked. That's just a couple. Their pitching was just lucky, if yep. I think about it. I think their balls found the gaps and ours found the gloves. I think that was a big difference in the game. Well, and also, we still left 14 guys on base. It's not like and it's not like they were committing errors. I think they had two. It's not like we were not hitting the ball. It was timely hitting. It was situational hitting. That's a lot of it. And it goes back. But, Ben, that goes back to your point earlier about when you play small ball and you can only hit, get one to two hits an inning, and you rely on small ball to to push and run. Small ball is not always going to work. You only get 27 outs. we got to quit giving them away. Yeah, I mean, that's just been the story of ECU baseball this year when it comes to their situational hitting and be able to bring guys in. I mean, you can count time or – handful of games this year that uh, kind of went similar where we just kept a lot of runners on base, wasn't able to bring any guys in because of the brand of baseball we play. That's not a knock on the team or uh, Coach Godwin himself. It's just a matter of when you play higher-level RPI competition, uh, it doesn't always tend to work against teams like NC State. I mean, you got to be able to bring those guys in and uh, find a way. And uh, this team is just still kind of young, still inexperienced. Uh, who's the clear-cut guy? who's going to merge on or ECU in their lineup, who's a guy you can rely on to get you a big outing offensively or get a very good uh, offensive output game to game, and we just haven't seen a lot of consistency when it comes to at-bats for ECU. i say Jacob Jenkins-Coward's been pretty consistent the whole year. He's hitting over, well I, over 300. He's getting on yeah. base. I think the problem is he has – I saw something. He had like eight homers, but he has four doubles. Yeah. And that's the thing is the team's really been home runs, walks, and singles. Yeah. And – Singles aren't going to bring runners in. That's why we strand so many runners, like Phillips said. What, 14? Yeah. 14. And, hey, baby, welcome to 22-22, baby. Strikeout or dinger. That's really what we're saying. You know, we're trying to play small ball, but a single's not going to get runners around the corner. You need gap shots, and that's the biggest difference from, like, last couple of years' team to this team is there's no double. There's no doubles on these guys. It's just all singles yep. or home runs just about. ECU back in action this Friday at 6.30, scheduled for first pitch. We have live play-by-play and pregame coverage coming at 6.15 right here on the flagship station, the ECU Pirates, 94.3 the game Friday. In Clark LeClaire Stadium, we're hosting Cincinnati. That should be a big series. Pirates need to be like need to be rolling. I, I, I don't want to say perfect, but 
damn near perfect moving forward if they uh, want to get an at-large bid, which I think is highly unlikely. But either way, you want a lot of the confidence moving forward going into the conference championship play down in Clearwater because uh, we've seen in previous years Pirates tend to struggle when it comes to the conference championship, and this is a year where you got to win it. Anyways, moving on. A lot of local guys. Well, I shouldn't say local guys. A lot of guys from local schools getting a lot of draft acclaim. Let's just get right into it. Jaquan McMillan, a guy we just saw on ESPN earlier. Um, I guess we could start with where do we think he's going to get drafted? Which round? What's his ceiling? What team fits for him most likely? I see Jaquan anywhere. I, I know Casey disagrees with me. Depending on how a team sees him or views him in their defense, I could see him going anywhere from the second round to the fifth round. Anywhere from there. That's kind of ceiling second round. I know it's highly unlikely. Probably third round is about where he belongs. But anywhere in between, I could see it when it comes to Jaquan McMillan. Well, the first thing I'll respond to that, and we don't have the audio pulled up here, but he did say on Pro Day that most teams have told him they expect him to be their number three corner, their slot corner. And if I'm a GM, unless I'm just a really, really good football team and my one hole that I'm trying to fill is my slot corner, I'm probably waiting until day three or very late day two to take a slot corner. Yeah, obviously, yeah. I think it just depends on how many corners are going in the first and second round at that point. I think one of the things that's scary, you know, with Jaquan McMillan is he was not invited to the combine. Yep. And the combine, I know a lot of people don't talk about it, say it doesn't, it's lost some of its purpose, you know, because a lot of people want for him. But the invite list is very telling yep. of what the NFL thinks about you because that's not just NFL people going, oh, this is a big name. This is guys like the Panthers, for example, teams going, we want to see this guy in a combine. Yep. And if Jaquan McMillan did not get invited to the combine, that's a scary scary thing because that means the NFL is just not as high on you as some people around this area thinks. I personally thought you should have gone to the combine. I think around the fifth round is probably a fair thing to him just because, you know, some of the athleticism questions are going to be out there. Yep. Especially in the corner nowadays, you know, where Jaquan McMillan, you look at every team has a guy who can run about, what, 4-3? Yep. 4-2? Yep. Can McMillan realistically cover those guys? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the big thing when it comes to him. But uh, I think the big problem, specifically this year, is it seems like there's a lot of highly touted corners in this draft, and he's just kind of the odd man out. I think any other year you could potentially see as, see him as a top five corner on most people's boards. It's just a matter of, like, there, it's loaded with corner talent this year, and uh, he's just kind of the odd man out. I mean, there's going to be at least five in the first round. Yeah, absolutely, and that could probably pay, play to his advantage when it comes to him getting picked a little bit earlier and making a little bit more money, possibly. That's the good thing. Teams always need more corners. Yeah, you can absolutely. never have enough corners hey, on your team. I wouldn't mind the Panthers getting a slot guy, a slot corner. He kind I, of feels like a Patriot corner. You know, a little bit more physical, I more of a man it. corner. You know, Patriots like the press man. They lost J.C. Jackson and Stephon Gilmore, of course, over the lawyer. So they Still need trying a corner. to yeah, fill that void. I could see it. So you, Philip? <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end of the day. When you're drafting this late, it's tough to say where a guy I think would particularly fit. I remember him talking about all the teams that he had visited, was going to visit. I think he was going to Arizona. I had talked to uh, Detroit, Miami. I want to say he said like Indianapolis, Kansas City. So at the end of the day, it comes down to who needs a slot corner. I'm not going to particularly say I see him one team or another. He is physical, yeah. like I said. So a team that plays a lot of man, obviously, so New England, I guess, would be a good one. But um, it's going to be whoever wants to add corner depth. And that, like Casey said, anybody can always add corner depth. So 
I don't think he's one of those guys where you see him specifically like, man, if he doesn't go to one of these four or five teams, he ain't getting drafted. Kind of <laughs> yeah, no. I think he definitely. I don't think anybody's on, saying that. But yeah, I see he your could point. definitely be on anybody's board at this point, which is a good thing. But that kind of also makes it not very narrowed down to knowing, you know, where he's going to go because you know, there's 30 different NFL cities with 32 different franchises. Here's the real question: We're going to talk between him and Tyler Sneed. Who do you think made the bigger? If Jaquan doesn't get drafted. Do you think he or Snead made a bigger mistake leaving for the draft this year instead of staying for another year? I, I'm not going to say they made mistakes. I mean, personally, if I they don't, don't get drafted, yeah, that, if they don't get drafted, it's a mistake. Well, I, I don't know. You have we have plenty. There they have options to go elsewhere nowadays when it comes to pro football. I'm not saying like the money's going to be unbelievable or anything, but at least you're getting eyes on you. I mean, USL has a USFL has a pretty legit TV deal. Now the XFL is pretty much partnering with the NFL to be almost like a developmental league. Uh, there's plenty more options. I guess if there's any more time to uh, declare for the draft a little bit early, I think now in this era of football would be the time. I mean, you have options. My answer would be Snead because McMillan is probably not going to improve his draft stock much in this year. It's either he's kind of there or he's not. Yeah. I mean, he but had an unbelievable do, year. It doesn't get yeah, much better than what he did. Yeah, but I, the bottom line is I do think he's there. I think he's good enough to be a you know, number three, number four corner in this I league. I agree. Tyler Snead, on the other hand, after college, I don't know how much football he has in his future. So you might as well go ahead and enjoy that one last year. So I think Snead is going to be the one that it kind of comes down to like, that was a mistake because, like I said, I, I just don't know if I see him playing in the NFL. I mean, maybe he can be a Danny Woodhead 2.0, but if he's not that, yeah, might as well enjoy that last year. I think McMillan has a better chance, so might as well go while the getting's good with McMillan. Sneed could have even potentially, you know, kind of improved his draft stock a little bit because I mean he had a solid year, but you know nothing special. Yeah, well, I think the big appeal to Sneed is the fact he's so versatile. He can line out of the backfield. You can line him on the outside or as a slot receiver. I can he can do a number of different things, and we're starting to see today, especially in today's league, teams are always looking for those kind of guys and. Uh, not saying Snead necessarily gets drafted, but I could see him latching onto a roster somewhere as an undrafted kind of guy and maybe winning the favor of a locker room and maybe getting some reps in the preseason and maybe during the regular season. But uh, I think um, XFL or USFL is a pretty solid, legit option for Tyler Snead. And uh, I, seem, I think it's the more realistic option when you're talking about Tyler Snead and his pro football potential. You don't answer your own question, Casey. Oh, I, I, I disagree. I think Jaquan McMillan made the mistake because I think he can be the guy who could play himself into a day two pick. I, I don't think, think I don't think Snead, like you said, Snead doesn't improve his draft stock next year. Realistically, let's be honest. So you think? I think McMillan easily could improve his draft stock next year. Yeah, but also I think after the year he had this year, it was clearly his How'd best he get year. Better, he, could go, yeah. he could go worse. Too. Yeah. He can get more athletic. How'd he get better. Let's not. He get more athletic in college. Because he has a whole year, he get another athletic and a whole another year of tape where he shows he's a shutdown corner and stuff. Yeah, I think that's he, true. I think Snead, like you said, Snead, like how much is he truly going to develop? Like you said, he's just enjoying. But McMillan, there's no way McMillan has another year like he has. He's not getting a combine invite. Yeah, no, that's true. I guess what my argument would be if Snead's not going to get really improve it much more, why don't you just enjoy that one more year of college football? But see, the thing with McMillan, we're talking about like. Oh, he's a. We love him because we've seen him play. But if you're not getting, a, like I said, you're not getting a combine invite. The NFL is not high on you. That's something like you have to realize that. And obviously, he didn't know till he declared, but he should have had an idea of how valued he is to the NFL. And 
You mean to tell me you declared earlier not getting a combine invite? That's a big deal that no one's talking about. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, you can't blame the NFL for not seeing much on them. I mean, when, you know, 95% of your games are on ESPN+. And we had to play a game. What a on, point! We had to play a game on Facebook Live this year yeah. at Marshall. Yeah, heck with the darn Conference USA. Well, the I old mean, heads couldn't figure out to get rid of the uh, the polls that were on the uh, oh, Facebook Live. Yeah, that was fun to see in the uh, in the uh, Facebook groups. I can't figure out how to get this poll on the, and the just Facebook like, Live. We need, a, the we need a better TV deal. No <laughs> wonder none of our guys are getting seen. Man, you're on ESPN polls. You got to pay five dollars a month just to watch but, our yeah. games. I'm just talking about this. There's 324 players that got invited to the combine. There's more players got invited to the combine than draft picks. There's what 250 something draft picks. Yeah, it's whatever because of compensatory picks. Yeah, it's whatever it's, eight times 32 ends up. Yeah, being. that's all around. That's that's easily hundred like 250, 270. That means there's 50 players got invited to the combine who's not getting drafted, and that's taking a big pro day and a big and obviously he could get drafted you know the interview and process is a huge deal but he's starting off behind the foot which is why i said he made the big mistake than sneed yeah no that's that's fair enough i get that point but let's move on to these other guys we're gonna talk about real quick because we do need to wrap up this segment pretty quick so um another local guy that could be drafted probably as early as the late first round possibly in the early second round would be quarterback Sam Howe from uh, Casey's Tar Holes. So what do you guys think on Sam Howe? He, he's kind of in an odd spot just because you know Pickett's going first round. Personally, I think that's a lock. He's going first. Same, Pickett and Will's are both going same first Same for round. Willis. Um, Willis. I think guys like Corral, Desmond Ritter, uh, I, I don't see it, but I could definitely see Corral sneaking in late in the first. And the same for Sam Howe. Uh, it just depends where you rank him on your big board and how teams feel about him. But uh, I'm looking at Steelers. Uh, I could potentially see them going there. They're, they need a quarterback. Saints are looking at quarterbacks. They could potentially use a guy like him. And uh, depending on where Willis goes and Pickett goes before the Saints pick, maybe you can see them with them having two first-round picks uh, this year uh, pretty close together, maybe getting a wide receiver and then getting him. I could potentially see that. Uh, Lions are another team that needs a quarterback. So, um, yeah, I could, I could see him going first round, but – I think it's no later than second round for sure for him. Second round is about where he belongs, but I could see it and I could see him sneaking in the first very late. He's a second round pick unless the team trades back up to the first. That, that's where I think he can go late in the first. Yep. You see teams trade up, and yep. I mean, look, kind of throw back. I brought it up yesterday, but go back to Paxton Lynch was not a first round. T- I mean, obviously he didn't work out at all, but everybody saw him being an early second rounder. Yep. But Denver traded up to get him. Yeah, well, Mark obviously, Jackson in 2018 was 32, and the Ravens traded up to up get, to get him exactly. Round. So if you know if he goes in the first round, it'd be something like that. Um, but we're about out of time in this segment, so we are going to. Uh, to close this one. I know there are a few other guys we wanted to get to, but it is 518, and I want to get to some of this other stuff. So you want to take it away there, Ben? Yeah, coming up, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Panthers draft. Uh, a lot of odd reports coming out. It seems like every day now. Not really sure who they're going to pick. We tend to lean more towards quarterback, but I don't know. Judging by these comments that Tepper made earlier today, that might not be the case. More on that on the other side of this quick timeout here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Game.com to listen to our top-rated programs throughout the day. You need to. Tell your smart speaker to stream 94.3 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's Kids Night at Moore's Barbecue. 
Let us take care of dinner tonight for your little ones. Every Wednesday night, kids 10 and under eat free with the purchase of an adult meal. So come into one of our five locations in Winterville, Newburn, Moorhead City, Swansboro, and Jacksonville. Bring the whole family. There's always enough great food for everyone. If it's not Moore's, it's less. Texas Roadhouse in Greenville is happy to support the community. At Texas Roadhouse, they not only want to be your favorite restaurant, they also want you to know they love this community and love supporting it. From providing food for charity golf tournaments to their school support programs, Texas Roadhouse is there when the Greenville community needs them. Also, it doesn't hurt that their food is awesome. Steaks, ribs, chicken, you name it, it's legendary. Texas Roadhouse, Southwest Greenville Boulevard, Greenville. Warren's Hot Dog Pizza, homemade lemonade. Hey, Pirate Nation, Warren's now has two locations. In Greenville, across from Ron Ayers Motorsports, and the new Chocowinity location next to the fire department. Stop in today for hot dogs, pizza, subs, apple and peach turnovers, homemade lemonade, and breakfast in Chocowinity featuring homemade cheese, ham and chicken biscuits, plus sausage dogs, and more. Warren's Hot Dogs. Want some? Get some. Go Pirates! Do you own a timeshare? Well, face the facts. You made a mistake. You made a bad purchase. A timeshare is not an investment. It's a money pit that continues forever. If you use your timeshare, that's great. But if you don't and you want to legally get out of your contract, call my friends right now at the Timeshare Exit Hotline. They're an experienced team of lawyers who help good people like you get out of a timeshare contract that they just don't want. Don't throw away your money on maintenance fees. Use it for things you really want. We can help you end your timeshare contract and stop the money drain immediately. If you're ready to move on with your timeshare, call our team right now. Cancel your timeshare now with a free call. 800-289-0413. 800-289-0413. That's 800-289-0413. Get the latest on the East Carolina Pirates each day on the Patrick Johnson Show with our daily Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game. Yeah, y'all know what it is. Katy Perry. Juicy J. Uh-huh. Let's rage. Welcome back to the Pastor Johnson Show. Ben B. Baby Byron filling in for the P-Men. Philip the Ref Pilkington alongside me. And joining alongside us, intern Casey. Former intern. No longer intern. Casey Ranieri alongside me. Now works for the Ops. Say what you get, did it said again, Casey. I, uh, I, I had you in queue there still. My bad. Oh, man. Come on now. I got a degree now. Don't call me an intern like that. <laughs> <laughs> Taking shots. You'll always be my intern, Casey. Yeah, go get us some coffee, Casey. <laughs> Anyways. <You> got- <laughs> yeah, it's late. Don't you up all night? Panthers draft. Where do you start when it comes to them? We've heard that they're getting a quarterback. Some guys projecting us to get Sauce Garner, which I think is insane. I think the clear cut move is a tackle, but before we get deeper into Panthers draft talk and where we think guys should go, who they should get, what's expected, and whatnot, uh, David Tepper held a press conference earlier today. Uh, the first time in a while that we've heard from David Tepper in front of the media. 
and uh, had some interesting comments, specifically when it came to Sam Darnold. Uh, let's just go right into it. Sam, he believes Sam Darnold is a very good quarterback. Is 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 quarterback in your eyes though the the, the piece that the main piece that it has to happen? As I said before, I think Sam Darnold is a very good quarterback. Um, we're always looking to be the best we can be, and we'll continue to do that. Uh, I think that's a very dangerous uh, fine line you're walking there when it comes to Panthers fans. They're already hungry to win. They're already ready to jump down your throat. They already are not too high on Sam Darnold. And then right before the draft, when you defend a quarterback, who, let's just face it, didn't have a great year last year, was the big part of why the Panthers didn't have much success last year, uh, you're going to lose a lot of people. Casey. He- Okay. He lost Casey. Yeah, he lost Casey. Well, Casey looks like he's about to cry. That's, the That's one of the funniest things I've heard in my life. Sam Darnold's been a pro for four years and has not shown anything as a good quarterback. If you knew what I thought about on the prowl, I think I went on a five-minute tirade about Sam Darnold being a terrible quarterback the uh, moment on the first episode. I, I liked his first three games, uh, but you got to look at the level of competition we played. But I just the, the way we used him, we kind of used him as a guy that, you know, just needs to do minor things just to get the job done. Uh, he just seemed like a game manager almost, and I think you can win with those guys. Um, and then after that, like Casey brings up uh, multiple times, they try to get him to push the ball down the field, uh, and he can't do that. He can't do that whatsoever. And uh, I, I don't know how you look back on last year. Yes, he got injured. Uh, yes, we didn't have an offensive line. But even in those first three games, I thought he was okay, but nothing that blew me away that screamed quarterback of the future I think you got to look at getting a quarterback either this year, maybe later in the rounds this year. I don't know who necessarily you would get, but definitely next year if you're not doing it this year. Can we just go back to what Tepper said here? Was this not the most wimpy, safe answer you've ever owner heard talk. in your life? Pure owner, owner, owner talk. talk. Look, I understand yeah. you've got it. You know, you can't just throw the starting quarterback under the bus. Yeah, I get that, but he's like, yeah, you know, he's he he's still good. But we're always looking to improve. What he did by that was saying, "We, I believe in him because you can't say that you don't believe in your starting quarterback because you know it's bad ownership." But then, yet he still pretty much then went in and covered his own butt by saying, "We're always looking to improve." That way, if they do draft a quarterback at any point, whether it be at five or at the end of the seventh round, nobody can go, "Well, you believed in Sam Donald." <laughs> like, dude, just pick a side. Okay, you know, if you want to defend your team till the cows come home, do it. But don't sit there and be like, oh, well, you know, we're still looking to improve. We had no crap you're still looking to improve. And I think it's the next – I don't know if it's in there because I listen to more than what we're just going to play. But wasn't there one time when he literally was like, I, I, I hate losing. I want to win. Yeah. It's like, dude, you haven't proved anything that you want to win. You're just a hedge fund jerk that is just happy to be making more money. You don't give a crap about winning. I mean – he was a minority owner in the Steelers. He should know what winning looks like. Six Super Bowls is what winning looks like. No. This is the worst stretch of three years this franchise has ever had, and it is all Whoa. his fault. He's, tirade. He, he's a moron. <laughs> okay, so. Worst stretch like in three years that this team's ever had? I, I mean, think so. I could think uh, maybe late 90s, early 2000s. Late 90s, yeah, that, that, that 99 through 91. But at least it, like in 99, like Steve Berline led the NFL in passing, and there was that, like, glimmer of hope and then all of a sudden it just came and crashed and burned but right after it crashed and burned at least there was a, a quick jump up after that though yep. fair um, enough. so cool. i want to ask hypothetical what's worse what tepper said you know defending sam darnold or the old um sam knows he needs to play better 
and we're going to bring some competition in for him. What's the worst thing to say as a press conference? Because press conferences are already terrible. Owner and GM press conferences are the most pointless things in the world. Yeah. They're never going to give you anything, and they're just going to talk rubbish for about 30 minutes. Well, that's a good point. A lot today in this press conference, you hear David Tepper get asked legit questions about the state of the team and moves going forward. And his uh, go-to deflection answer was that you're going to have to ask Scott Fitter or Matt Rule something about that. That's not my that's not my area to judge or make a comment on. So didn't Fitter say like two days ago they're th- they're talking about drafting a quarterback in the draft? Yeah, and then Tepper completely has a different answer on what the uh, what the deal is here. Fitter did not say we're thinking about it. Fitter pretty much said we're drafting yeah. somebody. Yeah, he already he didn't specify Sam when. Yeah, but, can, can he pick it? So here's the thing, and I have no problem with him pretty much saying ask Tepper and Fitter because the end of the day. It's Fitter's job to put a team on the field, and it's Rule's job to coach that team. The owner is just supposed to sit there and fund it and stay his butt out of it. Yeah. Somebody tell Jerry Jones what I'm saying. Well, but the point is, is if that's going to be the case, why are you having a freaking press conference? You're the owner. Shut up. Is Arthur Blank having a press conference right now about Marcus Mariota? No. Well, we know Dan Snyder's not having any press conferences right now. But moving on. When, uh, I like what you brought up there. That was good. <laughs> you like that little zinger there? Ding. Yeah, that, that was good. It, it took me a minute to be like, Dan, for some reason when you said Dan Snyder, oh, I said the, Falcons. The commander's I thought owner. Dan Quinn for some reason when you said Dan because I was bringing up the Falcons. <laughs> was, yeah, I was and he was like, Dan Snyder. I was like, oh, yeah, he definitely having no press conferences right now. <laughs> PR nightmare. Yeah, right but there. what bothers me is that David Tepper tends to lean more towards the type of owner like Jerry Jones. He wants – his dream is to be a, be like Jerry Jones. He wants to be Jerry, which I don't see why you would want to be like Jerry Jones. This has been equated to a lot of winning when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys here of late or the last, let's say, two decades. But uh, I, I'm, I'm worried about him, and maybe this is a little bit of an exaggeration, worried of him coming in on draft day and uh, trying to overrule a decision and saying, no, we need to go with this guy instead of that guy. I like what we got at quarterback. I like the pieces we've added around him, specifically the offensive line. I think it's better to go get – Let's say a tackle, which I would agree with, or an edge rusher, or maybe Kyle Hamilton or somebody like that. See, I think you actually bring up a good point, not but not with just Tepper. I'm talking about Fitter because yep. if you take a quarterback, that's a rule pick. You yep. 100% know that's a Matt rule pick. But yep. if we take a tackle, yep. Charles Cross, Ikea Kwanu, or um, Evan Neal, yep. you 100% know that's not a rule pick. That's a Fitter pick. Yep. And that lets you know it's like, why didn't you just fire a rule if you're not allowing rule to at least get a quarterback that he actually believes in? Yeah. Why don't we just fire a rule? This guy's horrible. Oh, my gosh. Don't even get me going on look, this one. Look, uh, me and Casey are talking about it before the show. Matt Rule is not – I don't think he's the worst coach in the league. Um, he's definitely done some good things for Carolina. Not. I, I don't know. Urban Meyer did get fired. He might be the worst coach in the league now. <laughs> well, either way, I mean, he had a vision for the defense when he first got here. Spent a whole draft bill on the defense. Brought in some pretty nice free agents. Some that we saw walk and be pro bowlers elsewhere, but I won't get into that. And – uh Defense went from pretty one, bad, one of the worst, to uh, now uh, you could argue they're easily top ten, but they were definitely top five last year. Until the end of the year where they just got tired because they were living on the field. So there is parts of Matt Rule's vision that Shout are coming to Phil play Snow. that are working out. Yeah, Phil Snow, great defensive coordinator, I like him. But uh, there are parts of Matt Rule's vision for this franchise that are working out. I still think uh, give him another year. Let's see how it goes. The problem is, to Casey's point, is he gonna free or is he gonna panic? Realize he's got to get a quarterback, and that's what's gonna save his job. I think tackle is the best bet here. You got to get a tackle, I think, especially in the first round with the talent they got in the first round. 
But uh, it might be a deal where you get a quarterback just because it gives a chance for Matt Rule to save his job and have a have a case, be able to state his case or present his case that, hey, got a rookie quarterback, he's my guy, at least give it another year, let's see how we do in year two under this rookie guy. Maybe he makes big leaps and strides, and maybe we're back into uh, relevance when it comes to the NFL. Yeah, I agree, but it sounds like we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves into the next segment. We're talking about who we want our, him to draft. So should we play this next thing that Tepper said, Yep, defending Sam Darnold and kind of react to that, and then we'll get in more into uh, that whole thing about what we would like to see and uh, what we would not like to see uh, come tomorrow night. So here was uh, Tepper defending Sam Darnold. Well, Scott, as you as you know, and I don't want to get into specifics of this, of the thing game by game analysis. That's something if we you know we can go out and maybe get a couple beers uptown here and talk about over an hour. But uh, you know, the first three games, as I recall, we won. We had this running back that has some talent that got injured, um, that uh, might have affected some you know some different momentum that we had. I, I think his name is Christian McCaffrey. Um, and then, you know, as you saw the fourth game, the Dallas game, Sam was still there. And then we had a, a center that got injured. So there was a lot of different things on the team, and then Sam himself got injured. So there was a, a lot of different things that happened last year that hopefully will not repeat this year that do give me some hope. The other things, as you're aware, we have made changes. Um, and again, I'd rather Scott deal with this than me. But we have made some changes during free agency um, on, the, on the offensive line that we think have, have, will lead to improvement there. And of course, we do have the draft coming up. And again, I would rather Scott Scott answer these questions than me. Scott and the coach answer these questions than me. Well, I tend to believe that he's leaning more towards left tackle when it comes to this draft. Um, I think that's a good thing. I think that's a great pick. But um, yeah, I, it's just come on, man. The snarky comments of Christian McCaffrey. Oh my I, gosh, yeah. it's not, that's like. Who do you think you are? Like you're like a like you're above people. Like oh, we have this great talented player named Christian McCaffrey. That, that goes. Yeah, you're not Tony Dungy talking about Peyton Manning back in the day after he just won his first oh, yeah. Super Bowl. How many games has McCaffrey played the last two years? Four. Well, no, it's been more than that. I think it's been four a year. It's been like no, eight. I think he played like two last well, year. Well, Tepper already wasn't winning the favor of the media over as they try to ask about Rock Hill. He deflected, wouldn't comment. Same for the pursuit of Deshaun Watson, would not comment on the matter. Same when it goes to drafting a quarterback. You heard the deflection there. We'll leave it at Fitter or Matt Rule. So, already wasn't winning the favor of the media in this press conference. Then he gets really snarky. I think that's something you only get away with if you're running a winning franchise, especially of late. And uh, we're not doing that. So, yeah, come on. I don't think I don't think Tepper necessarily won the press conference here today. So, my one thing about him not re- commenting about the whole Rock Hill thing. Yeah. It was like he didn't want to tick off any of the politicians down there because yep. he was kind of he kind of said it was them not me and didn't want to but this guy has never been shy of sticking his nose in politics. Yeah. It's like the one time we want you to actually talk about politics and talk about what's going on with this facility because it affects our team. Yeah. You won't talk about it, but well, it when it talks about economy too. Yeah, 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 our local economy. And But when it's totally irrelevant to the NFL, you want to stick your nose in every little politically correct thing you can you know, do with the modern media? Yeah. Like, dude, quit being a moron. Be somewhat consistent. Or if you're going to be inconsistent, do what it matters for the team. Because this politics does have to do with football, real football, not just you know, well, this one the affects politics that were brought in. Yeah, That's well, the main yeah. thing. This one affects the spin count. The He's other got stuff $20 doesn't. billion, dollars, dude. Yeah. Relax. Yeah, not he, you, Casey, but him. He has every reason to uh, bash Rock Hill 
I think he's in the right in that situation. Obviously, I don't know the ins and outs and what's going on behind the scenes, but on the outside looking in, Rock Hill was in the wrong there, just didn't close the deal. And he had every reason to bash him, and uh, he's taking the high road. And I don't know. Yes, it's a good it's a good thing in theory. Um, it, it, I don't know. I think it's like a great person thing to do, it's something a great person would do, but it doesn't necessarily win over the media. It's not necessarily well, what you want to hear. Especially when there's so much money involved, uh, it's going to affect their local economy. You just have a half-built practice facility just sitting there taking up land. Uh, what do you do with it? What's going to happen with it? And what people did ask, hey, what's going to happen with the facility moving forward? And he just deflected and said, I'll leave it at Rock Hill. Um, he has no ill will towards them is what he said. And uh, I don't know if you necessarily need to take that road when it comes to this press conference, especially when there's a lot of questions concerning that facility and a lot of people's tax dollars uh, were going to that facility in that local area. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, like you said, like you brought up, the one lady asked, you know, getting away from the, the side of what did or didn't happen, just what's going to happen to the land if nothing happens? He's like, well, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> dude, just come that, on. At that's least not for me yourself. to comment. That's yeah. the thing. Like, I understand. Like, yeah, you know, you said we think Rock Hill's in the wrong. Yeah. Even if you're in the wrong, like, at least defend your argument. Hey, yeah. man, you got a free jury right now listening to the jury is listening to you asking you for your side, not still, the other side. Well, defend yourself, dude. There's still a lot of unknowns about that situation. At least there was a point for him to go ahead and get his uh, get his comments in and clear the air about what's going on because there's still a whole lot of unknowns when it comes to that situation. Anyways, that's going to do it for the Panthers here. A little bit more on the Panthers draft and the draft itself coming up here on the Patrick Johnson Show. All that and more. Who's who we expected to get? Who do we expect the Panthers to get? Who do we think they should get? More on that on the other side of this quick timeout. Eastern North Carolina's home for the Adam Gold Show. Come on in. Weekdays at noon, right here on Eastern Carolina's home for sports. I love sports. And the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. If you've been injured in an accident and need cash now before your case settles, Oasis Financial can help. Last month, Oasis helped over 3,000 people. Why not you? If you have an attorney, call Oasis Financial today at 877-266-9107. It takes just three minutes to apply. And once you're approved, get $500 to $100,000 of your settlement in as little as 24 hours with no risk to you. That's right. Get $500 to $100,000 within one day. If you lose your case, you you don't have to pay Oasis back, ever. So call Oasis today to see if you qualify at 877-266-9107. That's 877-266-9107. Better days start today. Get the cash you with Oasis. Call Oasis today at 877-266-9107. Oasis is currently not providing legal funding in Arkansas, Kansas, Kentucky, Maryland, North Carolina, North Dakota, or West Virginia. Need $1,000 to $10,000 immediately for a gift for someone special, car repairs, or unexpected expenses? Time Financing Service offers competitive loan rates. Apply online and get your answer in less than an hour in most cases. Then you can pick up the cash at any of our 24 convenient locations. Apply online 24-7 at timefinancing.com. That's timefinancing.com. Time Financing Service. All loans 
subject to current credit policy of time financing service. One hour loan approval and same day cash in most circumstances. Exceptions may apply. Fantastic Sam's Cut and Color Salons are open and ready to serve you. We have taken steps to ensure your safety. Our locally owned and operated salons are ready to provide your next haircut, color, highlights, facial wax, or hair treatments. Please support your local salon by calling for an appointment today. Fantastic Sam's, affordable by design, caring by nature. Locations in Goldsburg, Kinston, Greenville, Newburn, Moorhead City, Jacksonville, and Calabash. Don't go through another summer with that awful joint pain. Call QC Kinetics now. Hey, gang, it's Patrick Johnson. That pain in your back, your knees, your shoulder, it can now be treated with the latest precision medicine using natural biologics. Growth factors that can restore and repair damaged tissue. Really exciting stuff here. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative medicine, giving you access right here to this modern-day joint pain solution. You can get lasting joint pain relief with no drugs, no steroids, no downtime, and no surgery. You've heard Emmett Smith raving about QC Kinetics. You've rather seen other high-profile people talking about it. Regenerative medicine at QC Kinetics can help you get your life back. Take action now. Get a free consultation. Powerful, effective joint pain treatments with natural biologics are here. Call QC Kinetics now. 252-765-PAIN. 252-765-PAIN. 765-PAIN. Greenville's number one sports show is back. Understand? Yeah, I understand. No, lady. Yeah, I'm ready. It's the Patrick Johnson Show on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 94.3 The Game. Welcome back to the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben B. Baby Barnes filling in for the P-Man Phil The ref Pilkington alongside me. And former IBX intern Casey Ranieri now working for the Ops Department at East Athletics joining alongside us. It's like on the prowl all over again. Maybe we bring it back. Draft special. Draft special. And let's get right into it. This next segment, we're going further more into the Panthers draft. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about what pick will we like them to make, what pick we expect them to make, and what pick they should avoid at all costs that what make pick, you want to punch a what wall. What pick will make us do what Casey's roommate Tyler did when the Cowboys drafted Leighton Vander Esch and punch a wardrobe and break our I, hand? I thought that pick was terrible at the time. Has it has, has turned out pretty solid. Leighton like Vander Esch? Esch. No, like he Vander got cut. Esch. He's not on the team, I don't think, anymore. Oh, I don't even know, but... He was solid. Oh, for the point them. is, yeah. it's what we think, what we want, and what's going to make yeah. us break what? our hand on a wall. Why are we not going after Leighton Vander Esch? I like Leighton Vander Esch. Ben, Ben's on some crack right now. Well, we're not going to get a middle linebacker in these early rounds, I he, don't think. Why not? He only knows how to play on a field when it's blue. He was good in college. <laughs> he was solid in the okay. NFL. He was not bad. He was made a few Pro Bowls. You know, was was up at like another Leighton Vander Esch talk. Yeah, as yeah. I said, we got 14 minutes left to uh, and, uh, to get through this. So but, let's, let's rock Phillip, and roll, boys. But Philip means like pick we would like to make is the pick we would make if we were on the hot seat. Yeah, not so. I guess we'll start. We want to start with that one. We'll start with expect. We'll start with expect. Well, mean, what do we think they're gonna do? Kenny Pickett. Yeah, Kenny Pickett seems to be. I don't know. I want to say almost a lock, but with Tepper's comments, I could see him chime in and be like, "Tackle might be the move." But I'm expecting Kenny Pickett. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I guess I'll be okay with it. But uh, I, honestly, I'll prefer we wait. I would prefer we wait. I don't think Kenny Pickett's this generational talent that's going to turn things around for the Panthers. He screams to me, guy that's going to be 
a Jimmy Garoppolo type. Um, it's weird. I don't know. Like my gut says, in a way, Kenny Pickett, but then in a way, I think they're going to take a, a quarterback later and go with one of the tackles. Um, yep. So I'm either going to go Kenny Pickett or uh, Casey. How do I say the guy's name out of state? Icky Aquanu. Yeah, I think th- I have a bad feeling they're going to take Aquanu. I got a pick. I got a question. What yeah. pi- with what pick are we going to take a quarterback late? We have no day Dude, two I, picks. I don't know. I don't I know. Bailey Zap, Western oh, Kentucky, God. Yeah. Like fifth round. Zappy. Is it Zappy or Zappy? Zappy? I don't Bailey. even know. Zappy. Yeah. Bailey Zappy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just know he's the guy throwing so in the later rounds. Are we all agreeing that we think they're going with Kenny Pickett? Yes. Yeah, okay. I think we can all agree on that. All right. Pick that you want. That I would make. Yeah, you personally would make. Charles yeah. Charles Cross. Bonafide offensive tackle on um, PFF right. has him as offensive tackle one. Um, I don't buy too much in the PFF. I think they do a I good job. It, yeah. They do a good job, but um, I mean, I'll take I'll take Neil or Cross over Aquanu just because those are bonafide left tackles. Yep. I think Aquanu's a right tackle. His run blocking has got pass blocking has got to improve. Yep. And we need a bonafide left tackle, and because we have a pure right tackle, yep. and I mean, I take that and then. Hit the Browns up and trade Baker for Baker Mayfield. Right? Oh, oh, let's not stay in quarterback <laughs> purgatory. I just don't know. Kenny Pickett's quarterback purgatory. By the way, I don't want Kenny Pickett either. Trust me. What are, What are the Browns? What kind of compensation do they want for Baker Mayfield? Is the big question. Well, they don't want McCaffrey. They already have two running backs. Well, yeah. What bargaining power do they have? That's true. They have no bargaining power. <laughs> yeah, because they have two guys on on big time. I mean, not that Baker's on a huge deal. You still have two QB. It's like twenty deals. million though. Yeah, because you still, they're both QB one deals, and you, they need to get out of that. Um, to feel like they had back some of that money that they were paying to Brock Osweiler to pay play for the uh, Broncos, but uh, no, my I, what I would do is yeah, whichever of those two tackles is there, I think I would prefer Neil a little more over Cross, but either Neil or Cross, whoever would be there. I mean, if they're both there, I guess my, my mine would be Neil. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't uh, Neil or Cross. I, I tend to lean more towards Cross just because I think he's the best pure pass protector in the draft. Obviously, we need that. I mean, that's something we've needed for a while. But uh, anyone that gives me just a true left tackle who can start on day one and be ready to get the gro- hit the ground running, I'm all for it. Other guys, I wouldn't mind. But there's I'm, a nightmare scenario. Sorry to interrupt you. No, yeah, we'll get into that. But yeah. uh, when we go to our picks, that would make us punch a wall. But um, I wouldn't mind if a guy like Hutchinson or uh, Thibodeau falls to us. I would not hate that pick. Hutch won't be there. I think we need a an edge rusher to pair with Brian Burns that's going to be here for a while for the uh, for the future and kind of stabilize that defense for years to come. I'm all for it, especially when you're talking like Thibodeau and Hutchinson. They're just supposed to be generational talents. I mean, Trayvon Walker's emergence as the number one pick. Who's going to want Hutchinson after them? He's going to. I think he goes to. Yeah, yeah, I would love Hutchinson, but I, I, I definitely think if Thibodeau's there, you got to consider. I still think I think I'd go offensive line over defensive line, but I would love you know a, a guy to be there with Brian Burns, everyday guy. You know, you know me, I like Etor on you know on the the long down and distance, yeah. but uh, I don't Not think he's a three down much. guy. Yeah, I mean third and twelve. Yeah, you need a guy to get a blow. Yeah, put your pass rush. back there. Yeah, pure pass rusher. He's a he's a great backup defensive end, My but. Uh, that's all you use. My only argument is, is I think you could see three of those guys you just mentioned when it comes to tackles. They could potentially, um, not saying it's going to happen, but it can very well happen where they potentially all could be gone by Three, the time four, it comes to our pick. That's yeah. a nightmare scenario. Absolutely, yeah. Then so, you're, you're looking at what? If you don't like Thibodeau, because there's re- reports that the NFL is not high on Kayvon Thibodeau. Yep. They say he has allergy problems. And then if Walker and Hutch are gone at 1-2, and then the tackles go 3-4-5, and you don't want to take a quarterback – you are in a terrible spot. That's like a nightmare scenario. You can't trade down either. Nobody wants to uh, – you can't find a suitor that wants to uh, – Takes two to tango. Yeah, that wants to trade up. So, 
Yeah. yeah so let's let's kind of because we do have a little time here because I think we're all probably going to agree on the pick the Megas Punch Wall. We haven't really debated anything yep. yet. It's kind of been kind of a dry segment because unfortunately, for once in our life, all three of us agree on a Panthers thing. I it think seems like. pick that Megas Punch Wall is yeah. gonna where me and Casey are going to come to blows. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. we'll just real quick then we'll make this one quick. If all three tackles are gone, who do you guys want? Well, I would say Thibodeau. Yeah, I, I'm, I lean more towards Thibodeau. I wouldn't hate Kyle Hamilton, to be honest with you. Safety out of uh, Notre Dame. Is it Notre Dame, right? Penn State? Notre Dame. Two? Notre Dame? Yeah. yeah, honestly. Hot take. Yep. Derek Stingley. Cornerback. Uh, LSU. I know people thought corners, but you're looking at a guy uh, who put up some of the best film. He has He's one of the longest athletes. And you can never have too many corners, like we said. And you have him and J.C. Horn. You literally are locking down the boundary and field side of the Well, floor. if all the tackles gone, then does that mean Gardner is still there? I mean, you I, might as well take Sauce Gardner. I right? prefer Stingley to Gardner. I know Gardner Stingley's injuries are scary, but the talent he has a higher ceiling than Gardner, and I draft for ceiling in the draft, not floor. So, I, I agree, he's probably the best player available if all the tackles are gone. But here's the problem: and yeah, you can have too many corners, but then you got to trade Dante or CJ. I mean, you, they just said they're okay giving up their. They're considering our third round pick this year has already been made in CJ Henderson. So now you're all you're really deep at corner, which is great, but. If you're still going to go five and twelve, because the only position you're good at is cornerback, and you're one good running back, and you're one good receiver. I mean, crap. There's so many team needs. That's where you would really like to trade down. But like you said, it takes two to tango. So yeah, absolutely. We'll, well, let's get into it. Pick that would make us punch a wall, and uh, let's just hand it over to Kate. I think we should let Philip go first because Ben yeah, says me and him might go to blows. So let's get Philip get out of the way. Kenny Pickett. Can you pick really? Yeah. So you know what's gonna happen. You're so already no, mad no. About he's it. he's like I, I think he's another Mitch Trubisky. He's like coming from whoa 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 whoa. Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky took Matt Nagy's offense to the playoffs twice. I will not stay at this much. Trubisky Mitch was a Schoener. problem in Chicago. We will find out yeah. about Mitch Trubisky in, in all right, all right, Pittsburgh. We'll find year. out about Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> but, uh, you know, or he's, Casey likes to call him Trugotsky. I don't know where he's uh, getting the goat. Jesus. You know, I call him Trisky. Yeah, but either way, no, I, I I don't know, man. Kenny Pickett, you know, dude, he played at Pitt. Like, he didn't even start his first couple of years at Pitt. I mean, there's some, when you think of great quarterbacks, these guys started nowadays as true freshmen or at least, you know, their second year in college at big-time programs. I mean, this guy, what, did he play one year or two where he actually got in the game? One, right? I want to say he was a, I thought it was a two- or three-year starter. Maybe uh, He was two. a three-year starter. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But at Pitt, man, they weren't even that good. I mean, yes, this year they were, but. I don't know, man. It's well, just like, I, mean, I like to stay away from ACC quarterbacks. Well, I, I mean, I won't go too much into this point, but when you're talking about a program like Pitt, um, how much can a really good quarterback uh, change that program and get them to where, I don't know, what's the ceiling for a really good quarterback that's on Pitt? You know, like, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so I'm not going to buy too much into that. But uh send it over to Casey. No, Pick- I want to hear yours. Okay. I want to hear yours first. My dad, Casey, said you're a homer with the Trubisky. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, <laughs> and then he said Mitch sucks. What are you gonna go now? You gonna go? You know, go after Sam Howe and tell us how great he is. QB one. <laughs> if you find a way, shut up, Casey. If you find a way to trade down and Sam Howell's there, I'm not against it. I, I think Let's be honest. Be- this 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 draft's gonna determine how well teams can develop talent and identify QB All right. talent. All right. All right. Let's hear pick, you two come to blows. We pick, have six minutes left. Pick that would make me punch a wall. I definitely hands down Malik Willis. Don't see it in the guy. He just fits those brands of quarterbacks like a Lamar Jackson. Uh, just I, I think there's a ceiling when it comes to those type of quarterbacks, especially in today's league. He's not a guy that I trust to you know, get you a big first down throw in the football. I mean, I don't want a run-first thinking quarterback. And Even in the uh, 
even in the senior bowl, he was that way. He looked better as a runner than he did ever as a passer, and I just don't want that type of quarterback again. We've seen it. Just There's there's only so far you can go with those type of guys. See, I, I, I agree with you. Not 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 because I don't what? I don't believe in the Malik Willis talent. Yeah. I believe in Malik Willis' talent. I think he's talented he for needs sure. He the yeah. right system. But Matt Rule cannot afford to draft Malik Willis this year. He yeah, just no. can't afford it because Malik Willis should not one. play football yeah. this year. Mine is Iki Aquane. See, I don't because know. he is a talented player. He is and he is one of the highest graded run blockers ever. He's an amazing run blocker. We need a franchise left tackle, and yeah. I don't know if his pass blocking, which is far off than people think, it needs to get better because we've already seen Taylor Moten can't play right, can't play left tackle, and at worst. He's a right tackle. We so have two you, right tackles. You can tackles. move him to guard, though. So here's the thing: you're I don't okay, want to. I don't want to. Okay, taking a corner, and we got three corners. Yeah, I don't yeah, want exactly. okay. to. <laughs> the cornerback is a premium position. You An offensive line is offensive it? interior offensive line is not. Look okay, at Tyler Litterbaum. Tyler Litterbaum is one of the five best players in the draft. Might not go first round because no one cares about a center in the first I'm round. I'm not against that pick. I'm not taking a center <laughs> or a guard at six unless they're Quint, unless they're Quentin Nelson or Zach Martin. So yeah, center, I might would take that. I mean. There's something to be said about playing center because there's so much pre-snap importance of playing well, center. But I get what your point. The, N- the NFL disagrees with out you. of those three oh, tackles. Out of those three tackles that are highly touted and we've been talking about, I don't think any of those taken with the pick that we have is going to make me punch a wall just because I've wanted a left tackle for so long. And I think Kenny Pickett would make me punch a wall too. I just I just wanted to be different. Yeah, I think I think Icky is athletic enough to where the idea and the appeal to Icky is that you can mold him. He seems to be the most athletic tackle in this draft. He's a guy you can mold, and maybe you can potentially teach and uh, slowly bring but him around. I'm trying. I'm blocking. trying to think this pick. Yeah, I'm trying to go through this draft like Matt Rule. Yeah, where like you need someone who is going to come in year one and help your team out. Ikea yeah. Kwanu helps you out as a guard. That does not solve. That means Cam Irving's at left tackle again. That Matt Rule's fight if Cam Irving's his left tackle and yeah, Sam Donald's his quarterback. We're us. we're us in this situation. Well, I'm talking about Matt Rule. I'm yeah. still talking like. Pick that makes sense because, like, Evan Neal and Charles Cross. Well, no, I think the guard ideally now would be uh, what's his name? Uh, Brady Christensen. I mean, we're no, Brady yeah, Christensen we, we need two guards. We, we, made, we made some yeah, really good moves. Oh, Corbett. yeah, Corbett. That's big yeah. for the Rams. Yeah, I mean, because we got Corbett, we got Bradley Boseman, who's going to be our center. I mean, you need a left tackle. I think you get, a, you get a good left. Left tackle is the only thing you need left. Yeah. And I don't think Icky's a left tackle. I think he's a right tackle or a guard. That's fair enough. But, you know, Casey, somebody will be hurt by the end of week two, and we can stick Icky in somewhere else anyways. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so here's the thing. If we do go quarterback, and not saying we have to get him at six, like pretending tr- pretend trade down is like totally on the board. Out of those four, out of the big four, who who do you guys who would you guys want? Uh, if, if we trade down? If either getting them at six or trading down, like just your ideal. If we had to take a quarterback this year, we'd have a little time. we got just over two minutes left. I think Pickett's the safer bet out of all of them, but if we're trading down, I would love to get Matt Corral. That's who I want, dude. I want Corral. Matt Corral or Howell. Do um, I need to to say who we get? Shut up, Casey. I'm going to turn your mind off. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, this guy. Next, he wants the Hornets to draft Luke May. Even though he's already out of the college, they want him to. They, he wants the Hornets to sign Luke May out Luke of the about? I want. I hate Luke May. Whoa, 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 I want Mark Williams. This is on record for the Hornets. I want Mark I Williams. Wow, yeah. As a Hornets a fan, I do guy. want Mark Williams. Mark Williams. I, I love Mark Williams. They, I'm so happy he's gone. It's pretty clear the Hornets just need like a big that can play defense. Hornets are a whole rebounds. podcast yeah. right there. We don't yeah. need to go on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I tend to lean more towards Matt Corral. But either one, I'll be fine. If we traded down at six, I think that's a huge reach. That's 
insane if they did that. I think Kenny Pickett, though, at six, if we're picking a quarterback, I think it's the safer bet. I don't want a project guy that's going to have to wait around. Uh, I don't think Matt Rule wants that either when it comes to Malik Willis. Can't afford it. Yeah, yeah I'm with you. And I'm, I agree with what you said earlier with Malik Willis. Dude, these, these run-first quarterbacks are not going to last. People are getting tape on these guys. Yeah. Dude, Kyler and Lamar are not going to be around for 12, 15 well, years. Like they're not. They're not. No, they're both good. They're not. They're, both good. they're, they're, they're good. But they're, dude, they're not Favre. They're not Breeze. They're yeah. not Peyton Manning. Where they're not going to fall off in their early thirties. Lamar, do, guys are take Lamar doesn't get back. hit. Neither one of those guys get hit though, which is yeah. But they're still not going to be as fast, man. Dude, and teams are going to tape on. This Kyler's guy. got a cannon though. I know, dude. Still, he's he's he panics and runs his, around like a goofball back his there. His first instinct, if his first read isn't there, he's going to run. <laughs> I mean, that's just not what we most need quarterbacks right are, except for Brady. It's not what we need. We've Rogers. tried it; it doesn't work. It's dude, not Wilson what we need. doesn't. Wilson scrambles, and keeps his eyes down the field. I mean, dude, these guys. Now, if you want, if you want a fifteen-year career in the NFL, if you want to be a Hall of Fame quarterback, you got to be able to step in there and go through your progressions. I do not want a guy like Malik Willis. I don't want Russell Wilson. That's going to do it here for us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Special thanks to Philip the Ref Pilkington and in, or former intern Casey standing alongside by me. Uh, didn't get as heated as I thought when it came to the Panthers talk. But we're this covering... is the longest we've ever gone without a fight between <laughs> the three of us talking about the Panthers. Well, we're doing draft talk all week. It's going to be me the rest of the week. It's going to be my birthday tomorrow. Draft special. More on the draft, potentially looking at getting the Panthers guests to see where the Panthers go in the draft. And maybe some Hurricanes a little bit later on the week as they get ready for their playoff run. All that more and later in the be week. Run. They're playing the Bruins in the first round. They're going down, oh, baby. Yeah, I am worried about that. Baseball season. Hey, stay tuned every day, live at 5, here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Matt Murchison here at Greenville Nissan. Goodbye, winter. Hello, spring. Sales event going on right now here at Greenville Nissan. I'm alone with Scotty Turner. What's up, my Good morning, friend? sir. Good How are you? you? Yeah. I mean, look, what a wonderful day. Right? A- look, <laughs> folks, this is a great time to come to Greenville Nissan, and I mean that sincerely.